It's Fangirl Chat with Teresa Delgado and Trisha Barr. It would not be a fangirl chat if we don't talk about Wonder Woman. So with me is my Wonder Woman herself, Trisha Barr. Are you like super happy that the movie's doing so well? I think, Teresa, you and I, this is one of the things that we've talked about for a long time, more than we talked about even Star Wars movies, because we didn't Mm -hmm. think that would even happen. Like Wonder Woman was essentially maybe the thing we thought would happen. Wonder Woman is one of those things that it I feel like it should have happened a long time ago because if she is what everybody says she is, which is the top three in DC, you know, if you take DC comics and it's Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman, and they are the holy trinity of DC and it's taken forever for there to be a really, really, truly epic Wonder Woman film and I mean you you know more about Wonder Woman than me I think you grew up on her if I if I remember correctly am I right yeah we were lucky we had the Linda Carter TV show I'm curious because I still don't really know as far as in wide media outside of comics what have we had of Wonder Woman up until now so there was the Linda Carter TV show well yeah and I mean she's she's been around for a long, long time. We just celebrated 75 years of her. I think the most iconic for m- most people is a television show. You know, you get the image of her spinning to change into her outfit and save the day and Steve Trevor and all that stuff. But, you know, it was for me growing up in that time, if you look back, we had the Bionic Woman, we had Wonder Woman, we had Charlie's Angels, and when you look at them in kind of the era of that TV, we had a lot of empowered women. So to not have that, it was like felt like oh, and then we had but we had to wait a long time for Buffy, and then after Buffy, we had to wait a long time. So I've been reading up because I'm not as into the comics because they were have been really up and down over the years. So. You could get some really good stuff like Gail Simone. You could get some really bad stuff. And there are a lot of nods in the movie to the comics. So they've been true to things in in the broad expanse of Wonder Woman. So, you know, it's interesting to me as you brought up a really good point that there in the 70s, we had a lot of really empowering women on TV. Maybe not in film. You would know better than I would, but like... You know, definitely on television, and you mentioned Charlie's Angels, and I remember watching reruns of Charlie's Angels, but even even before that, like a lot of the shows that I watched as a kid, because I watched stuff with my grandmother, like on Nick at Night, you know, there was a lot of really awesome women, from I Dream of Jeannie to Bewitched, even would say like the Brady Bunch and like the girls there, I mean, there was all these women And like, I love Lucy. Lucy. (laughs) Yes. And just like all these women on television making huge strides. Mary Tyler Moore for women in film and TV. And then you're right. It's almost like it just evaporated into thin air, like going through the 80s and into the 90s. 
And now we've had this big, huge resurgence. And so in the most recent movies, you know, like there's been how many Batman films? I mean, I can't even count anymore. I mean, there was like the what the three Chris Nolan films. And then we have like, I feel like there's like five other ones before that. You know, there's been a ton. And then Superman had all of his big movies that were in the 70s. And then didn't Superman sort of die off for a little while? And then they brought him back with Man of Steel, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Well, they, they the Super, Superman movie is, you know, one of the most iconic movies for super, just superheroes in general. And then that, you know, it was like the problem with sequels and sequels and sequels. Is eventually mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, this is so corny. So we hope that never happens to our superheroes again. I mean, if you think about it too, Wonder Woman was, she was all feminine and girly and she was a superhero and we obviously had princess leia back then uh but then the if you think about the female characters that came after that they were ripley who you know she was very not feminine which isn't a bad thing or sarah connor so that just kind of the visual of what a female hero could look like changed and i kind of like that wonder woman was Definitely a girl. I think that's important because I feel like society went through this period of time where we had to, if you were going to be a strong female character, you couldn't be feminine and you couldn't, you know, be in, be in love. You couldn't have all of these things that women have. And that's a natural part of our lives, just like they're a natural part of men's lives also for many, many men, but you couldn't really have both. And so now I feel like this particular movie, like you were saying, it's sort of a perfect blend. How can a woman fight in this? Who is this young woman? She's my... um, And, um... Diana, Princess of the Prince, Diana Prince. When Wonder Woman was first announced as it being, of her being, and I guess we have to back up before we knew that there was going to be a Wonder Woman movie, we knew that she was going to make an appearance in Batman versus Superman. And then shortly after that, they announced that there was going to be a Wonder Woman movie. When they did that, what was your first reaction to that announcement? Please let it be good. I mean... Right. <laughs> I mean, my my lack of love for Zack Snyder and superheroes is not unacknowledged. And the the crazy thing is, I've actually liked stuff he's done that's not superheroes. I just don't like his version, his take on superheroes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he does some really cool stuff. He's got he has some beautiful things he does in film. But what, even when he talks about superheroes, I'm like, ah, no, ugh, no. Yeah, I just don't – I don't think that he gets superheroes. I really don't. And people who – not very many people have heard me talk about Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman because I haven't really been anywhere to talk about it. But I can say it now. Man of Steel is garbage. And and I call Batman versus Superman Batman versus Suck because it was <laughs> Well, you so, know, the, cra- the crazy thing is, I don't, if it had not been, Man of Steel had not been 
Superman, if he hadn't been been about Superman, it might not have been a bad movie. But yeah, exactly. It was the whole, just the whole way. It just kind of just didn't work with. I was like, no, that's not Superman. Sorry, especially because most of this thing about Superman was is always about the people he's friends with and Mm -hmm. the people, and they just weren't even in that movie. I'm like, oh man, okay, I don't get it. Yeah, but you know, I I do have a big issue with superhero films that their whole premise is like, let's blow stuff up. Building fell over. No, oh, well, like I do have a big issue with that. And that's why I had a big issue with the second Avengers film because I felt like that's what it was, was just blow stuff up time. And then in Civil War, which I found super ironic, was that that was the underlying basis of Captain America Civil War, is that they were showing no regard for for civilians. And I was like, hey, I have that same issue. <laughs> so, you know, like, like this one's so much different, though, and we'll get into it in a minute. So when the results started coming in, as people started to see this film and everybody was saying that it was good, you saw this. You didn't see a preview screening, right? No, I did not see it. I saw Neither it. did yeah. I. And so you and I were in the same boat then, like hearing people coming back and saying that it was really good and stuff. Were you kind of nervous that that was all hype? Well, I'm not afraid of being spoiled, so I, I definitely read reviews. And I've read enough of the review, reviews that most people... I had read that I was, you know, sometimes you know somebody say I really like something and you're like, Ugh, I don't necessarily trust their judgment on that. But mm-hmm. the, the people that were talking about storytelling, I was like, yeah, I usually agree with them. So I was starting to feel confident. I still was the whole day going to it. And I was kind of like, oh, come on, come on. And I had rallied <laughs> a bunch of, bunch of people at work to go uh, and see it so I was like okay hope I didn't rally a bunch of people to go see a bad movie so everybody was excited though when we went and a, a couple of the young ladies hadn't been to a movie in three years so how about that oh wow yeah oh, that's crazy <laughs> and let me back up a little bit though so you did you see Batman versus Superman I eventually watched it yes Okay, now when you, we're not going to talk about the rest of that movie, but when you saw Wonder Woman's appearance in that movie, were you satisfied with her appearance in that particular film? Well, I mean, she her first appearance on screen was in a movie that's not very good, so. Yes, I'm trying, I'm trying to like like carve around it. Like if you carve was, her I... appearance out and just look at like, how she was i thought gal gadot was gonna be a perfect wonder woman yeah yeah i agree i mean what what you do with it and how i mean that's part of being an actor is you have to trust that your director and your everybody else will make it work so i think that happened yeah so after her appearance in batman versus superman i was like well she was the only redeeming quality of that movie and so now i'm excited for the movie that's coming out of her and being somebody who hadn't really invested a whole lot of time in wonder woman and i i really liked the character just because of the way that she looked and you could tell what this character is supposed to be but i hadn't really spent much time with her i really didn't know her backstory so i was really excited to hear all about that so let's dive in but first you know i like to talk about numbers so wonder woman opened its opening weekend with 223 million dollars 
global, so worldwide. And for our best comparison, I like to compare everything back to Star Wars. Star Wars had an opening weekend of $247.9 million worldwide. So it didn't pass it, but it that's darn close. I mean, it's like within inches. I think that you're talking about just the ability, the capacity of movie theaters to take people in essentially. So, yeah. you know, it, it, what, what's been remarkable to me on the box office is that I saw a lot of people tweeting on Monday and Tuesday of the second, you know, so we're going into week two that they were trying to get into screenings and couldn't get in until later ones. I believe that was your experience, right? It it was. So I didn't see it opening weekend because (laughs) I had to see Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I was trying to see stuff in order as it came out. And so I'm also doing this thing with the Regal Crown Club. It's connected to my Disney movie rewards. And so if I see certain Disney movies, I get like double, triple points. And so Pirates was one of those that I had to see. So I needed to get it done and get it out of the way. So I saw Pirates the weekend that Wonder Woman came out. And then my mom and I were going to go and see it the this past Tuesday. And as we were trying to get tickets because of all the reserved seating and stuff, there were just no seats open. And on Tuesday at the movie theater right here by our house, it's $5. And so, of course, everything at decent times is sold out. So we ended up having to go at 1040 at night. <laughs> That's true love. Yeah, so we went, and you know, the funny thing is, when we bought tickets, the theater wasn't sold out, but I went in and, like, was trying to get tickets for it, just to see, and it was completely sold out. So I think there were a lot of people that were in my predicament that were like, okay, well, we'll just suck it up and go. Yeah. (laughs) Go at 1040, because that's what's available. So that's really good, but like what we're seeing here is that currently as of when we record this, which is we're getting ready to go into, this is going to be its second weekend, right? Mm -hmm. It has done $320 million globally at this point. So, I mean, it's tracking to be over, you know, 440, 450000000 million by the end of its second weekend. And that's pretty, it's got staying power is what I'm saying, like- it's still pulling in the money. Well, and Teresa, you and I have discussed this previously on Fangirls Going Rogue, but uh, a lot of movies end up getting box office numbers that are crazy high because people go back to them multiple times mm-hmm. to see them in the theater. So how many times did you see Titanic? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm up there too. So, yeah. So, all right. So as far as the money, it's doing really well. One other thing we wanted to mention is this, but Wonder Woman isn't just a movie with a female superhero lead, which is amazing in and of itself, but it's a female directed superhero movie, which is the first female directed superhero movie that we know of. We thought it, we talked about this prior to being, you know, here recording and everything. And it's the first female directed superhero film and it did let's see i'm reading this from as sarah calls it box office moho 
Wonder Woman <laughs> exceeded all expectations this weekend, delivering an impressive $100 million opening, the largest opening for a female-directed feature, outperforming the previous record holder, Fifty Shades of Grey, which debuted with $85.1 million in 2015. Yes, and it was also, it had, I believe now it's tied with Iron Man for Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. And and it has an A cinema score, so all things that rate very highly for it. Let's see. It bettered the openings, so it was better than Man of Steel, Thor, The Avengers, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Its opening weekend was better than all of those movies. I don't know. Did you see the tweet exchange between Chris Hemsworth yes. yeah, and Gal Gadot? I totally did. <laughs> and that was great. Gal Gadot was talking and saying, like, I bet you one could Wonder Woman beat Thor and all this stuff. And he just said, yep. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> yes, I think so. Diana. Fighting does not make you a hero. What if I promise to be careful? Just a shield then. Diana. No sharp edges. Be careful of mankind, Diana. They do not deserve you. First impressions, my first my first impressions were that it did a lot of things really, really well as far as characterization and storytelling setting up who the characters were and what they wanted. And then it got into DC films, third act. (laughs) I'm sorry. There were a lot of people who were just like said it was, they were, they're definitely trying to get some things done at the end and everything had been set up for it. It's almost like the, it's one of the things if you look at like, not a huge fan of Rogue One as far as characterization and storytelling. I feel like it's a mess, but it's a beautiful film. And if you could take DC needs to work on getting that where the special effects are beautiful and you can see what's happening. So I've seen it twice to try to, you know, it's really red and really dark and really fiery. And when they become superhero or when you know whenever that's happening it's obviously animated and Mm -hmm. you know you think about things in star wars where those things are happening and it doesn't look obviously animated so i think films at that point and the budgets are at that point they could get there for dc Mm -hmm. yeah you know like my first impressions were overall i really enjoyed the first like three quarters of it And I feel like the reason when people have asked me, like, so did you like Wonder Woman? I'm like, yeah, it's good. I think the reason I'm not gushing with, oh, it was the best superhero movie ever, you know, is because of the last part of it. And I'm not even talking about the ending where we sort of go back into current time. I like that. I'm talking about, like, where she finally is fighting... Aries and like kind of that whole bit right there and I just felt like it was lacking in something you know I'm not really exactly sure what it was but there was something lacking for me and then she has this moment where she realizes that 
what Steve his name was Steve, right? Yep, Steve Trevor. Steve. Well, the Trevor part was confusing because it's two first names. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve is saying stuff to her, and she's like remembering what he was saying. Like she was finally processing it and realizes that he said that he loved her, and like that was what just made her say, you know, what am I doing? You know, I need, I'm fighting for the wrong thing or I'm doing the wrong thing. Cause she goes through this moment where she's like, just killing all of this, these people, you know, it's like rage fest. And then she slows down. She hears that he loves her and stuff. And she suddenly realizes what she's there for. And that it's all about, it's like what she says to Aries when she says, what it's not about deserving. It's about, what was it about? It's about, well, there's, about a, deserving. there's a lot of talk about deserving. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, she says, it's not about deserving. It's not about like what they deserve. It's about maybe believing in like what they can be. Yes. You know, that's or something. A, that's that's and, a sentiment. Yep. Yeah. And so that moment right there for me, I was like, okay, this is, this is really good. But why did I have to sit through all of this other stuff that was just like, let's throw some stuff around. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, there was just something about that. Oh, I, when I look, when I went back to watch it the second time and the second time is actually more enjoyable because you get a lot of the uh, things that are happening earlier on. You're like, Oh, I know why that happened. Oh, I know why they said that. So the second time was definitely better, but I, I felt like they, they went and focused on the big battle when really the moment was that moment that they had to go back to and remind you and say, Oh, like they had to do it in flashback so they could have all the other things happen in the battle. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like where you're like, okay, well maybe you needed to reconsider that, but it was staying true to, I guess the DC vision of whatever they feel like their superhero battles. But you know, even, even Marvel sometimes gets too overwrought. That's why, if I were going to com- compare it to another superhero movie, obviously to the original Superman, and that was, she notes Patty Jenkins, that's one of her inspirations, and there's a deliberate scene in there from this the original Yeah, the Super- alleyway scene, yeah, right? Exactly. And, but this is definitely uh, Captain America, the, you know, the first Avenger. That's, if mm-hmm. you wanted to go to it, but I still think Captain America, the first Avenger, is a better movie. It's more cohesive in the ending than wonder woman was but i would i would agree i would agree but you know what actually i think captain america the second one winter soldier was a is a better better because cap the first captain america maybe from a storytelling aspect you're right but I think the first Captain America for me was sort of lackluster and it's maybe it, I, but that's coming from not really liking Captain America as a character. <laughs> uh, oh, she says I'm, it. So you didn't I'm vote a, for, I'm an iron, for I'm an Chris iron. Evans. <laughs> no, I'm an Iron Man. Uh, if I had to pick, I mean, I'm, well, let's face it. I'm a Thor if I have to choose, but if I have to choose between an Iron Man and a Captain America, I choose Iron Man. But but the second Captain America, I just saw recently. I I actually skipped it because the first one I didn't really enjoy. And I just did a rewatch of all the Marvel films. So I watched the ones that I missed 
And I missed the second Thor and I missed the second Captain America. So I liked the second Captain America much better. I feel like they gave a whole lot more depth to Captain America than in the first one. Yes. But... And, you know, it's funny because they always say, you know, the sequel is like the, you know, oh, my God, they're going to mess this up. But in the sequels, you have all the characters established. So (laughs) that is a they're very good. I've actually liked all the Captain America movies, so I would just sit and watch them and eat popcorn all the time. But (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do think you're right that while Wonder Woman is a very, very good movie, it does not necessarily knock off what Marvel has done. Wonder Woman is the best by far DC movie that they've released in a very long time. I mean, and and especially in their new reboot of trying to have a DC cinematic universe like Marvel's, this is the best one that they've done. But I will tell you right now, if they were trying to draw people in with Wonder Woman to support Aquaman and to go see Mm -hmm. justice league, it's not going to cut it. It's just not. I, at least I don't think it will for a lot of people. I have. I'm not going to go see the Justice League. I'm just. I, even though she's in it, I'm not going to go. Well, I'm, I have small hopes now that Joss Whedon's taken over directing. Well, yeah, I have. I, I have small hopes. So we took the guy from Marvel, and we put him into you know, and there and there's a lot of there were a lot of other reasons that you know that have been talked about for that happening but you know Jeff Johns came in and he's what he's got story credit on Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and they say he had a, a he had a pretty heavy hand in the script even though it's not that he doesn't get screenplay credits because there's all sorts of complicated rules on that but uh, I, I, I feel like this is a sign that DC is listening and they've changed our management. So I'm going to reserve my judgment and just wait and see what the critics say and then maybe go see it. But no, it hasn't made me say I will uh, undoubtedly go see it because I certainly don't want to go and see more of what they've done previously. Right. But I will go see a Wonder Woman sequel. Oh, yeah. Which, like, I mean, I'll <laughs> say that hands down for sure. Which isn't even on their books yet. So, chop, no. chop. DC yeah yeah I mean you like hello (laughs) and you know it's it's you know the the one place that Marvel has you know they had they didn't grab hold and do you know they've there people been asking for the Marvel version of a female-led superhero and they hadn't you know we're getting it we're going to get it with Captain Marvel but it took them a long time a lot of that I believe had to do with the ownership of marvel and who had a say on what got to happen and that's since changed so they as soon as that happened all of a sudden we got a female-led we get more action figures so uh i think they're they're moving in the right direction and hopefully now everybody will want to make female-led superhero movie i learned that through her universe clothes that it's a girl uh, <laughs> but i don't really know who she is and i'm still super confused why uh, Black Widow never had her own movie. I don't understand. I mean, she was like a sub character in everyone else's movies. I thought she was a co lead you know? in the second Captain America movie. Yes, but I just saw that recently. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. True. <laughs> well, it, yeah. And then you have Ms. Marvel, just to add, add confusion. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, those are different? Yes. 
<laughs> and oh that's that's God. one of the uphill battles I think Marvel has. So yeah, you have the Carol Corps and Captain Marvel. That's their fandom, and then you have Miss Marvel, who's a teen character with different powers. So uh, okay, so wait, so Miss Marvel is Carol Danvers. Okay, now this oh, is Cap- making it even yeah, worse. Captain Marvel. Wait, what? Captain okay. Marvel is Carol Danvers. This I'm reading this thing. I'm okay. First two. I'm confused. I guess I'm looking at comic stuff. That's not necessarily the best thing. Okay, because so, it says Carol Danvers, the first character to use the moniker Miss Marvel, first appeared in Marvel Superheroes yeah. number thirteen, and then they changed her name. And then they changed her name. Oh, see, that's why it's really confusing. So. Okay, so so okay, but here's the other thing though: they're using the same last name that's in freaking Supergirl. Uh huh. What? Yeah, I know. It's I. My brain there's hurts. a long, complicated history of comics and stomping on each other, and I know, but it hurts my brain. <laughs> Maybe people confused. So let's talk about the things that we loved the most in Wonder Woman because there actually was a lot of things that I really liked. Yes. Okay. Well, let's see if if we'll if we match up on any. Uh, my first one that I really liked is the little girl that played her when she was little. And she's like, but mom, but mom, no, but what, you know, but why can't I fight? This sword is cool. (laughs) Well, I would have to say that they definitely presented Diana as a, you know, we, a lot of times we have the reluctant hero. She was not that ever. (laughs) She just, I know she wanted to like, just let me fight. Let me go. Let me do it. And like, she's standing up on the edge of the cliff and cliff. And she's like fighting like air fighting. Looking at her aunt. I know. Oh, Princess Buttercup. <laughs> all our all our uh, favorite princesses grew up to be generals. That That's was... probably the best meme that has come out of like that entire thing. Yes, with Leia and Tyope. Did I say it right? And Tyope. Yes. And Tyope. I think so. But you know, here's so here's the funny thing because I didn't really know what her name was. I thought they were. She was calling her aunt. Yeah, that's and I was at first too. I thought she called her aunt, and then I was like, no, she's saying her name. Oh, okay, I don't care. She Robin Wright, it just gets she owns. I can't, and I, we're going to get to apparently, now that would be one reason I would go see Justice League, because we are going to get to see her in it, so. Oh, that's right. And talk about a woman who has range. She goes from being Princess Buttercup to Claire Underwood in House of Cards, because holy yep. moly, to this. I'm like, dude, this lady is amazing. I'm not sure if she had makeup on or hardly any in those like if at all i mean you could see her scars her battle wounds uh and she just owned it they they did interviews and she's apparently she would just say after every can i do it again can i do it again like yeah because well everything in the in the battle in that first battle is amazing yes yes that wow I mean, and, and it's really cool, too, because every, like, every move they do sets up something that Wonder Woman does later on in the bigger battle. Like, every 
every little trick is in there. And so that was really cool. My favorite's when she stomps the arrows and yes. pulls them back. That was and you know, I love the cinematography if that's I think that's the right right thing. Or maybe not. Maybe it's special effects. I don't know. But all of when they jump up in the air and they're like side shooting, you know, and blocking like the slow mo. I'm like, yeah, just like do it again. I don't know which branch of the film thingy that is, but whoever did that, well done. Yeah, I mean, it's I a little it. bit of, of storyboarding and a little bit of uh, probably, you know, visualization and imagination. We have some really cool visuals of, I haven't seen a lot of warriors swoop, uh, you know, shooting an arrow and then swooping down into battle off a cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just kind of shrieks badass. <laughs> I know. Gosh, there's so much about that. And the other, uh, so in that whole battle scene, what was very interesting to me is when Steve Trevor is like, I'm going to help. And he, he does, but at the same time, he has that very similar, like, Finn moment from The Force Awakens where he's like, oh, you don't really need, need my me. help. Exactly. <laughs> kind of, but like, not really. <laughs> well, and you know, it, it's, it's interesting too because Patty Jenkins talked about she wanted to frame this movie from Diana's point of view. So initially, she, you know, she's, we see, you know, we've talked about that, her, you know, the punch, punch, the air fighting. And then when she mm-hmm. sees her first war, which all these Amazons have already, already seen war, they have the battle scars and, you know, the technique. She just stands there at first. Like she doesn't get it. Like, I, like, I don't get what's going on. He obviously does. And I think he's a little bit like, whoa, because what's his comment? Um, I, what did I hope they have guns or something like that? Because they don't have guns. So, but they, ho- they definitely hold their own mm-hmm. in, in it. But you know, that's, it's just crazy how she just stands there at first. And then she's like, Oh, I'm going to get in. I'm going to do this. Like, Oh, I trained. I did all, learned all this stuff. I have to make it happen. Yeah, there was, she was going, I feel like she was almost in shock. She was going through a lot of firsts. Like, she saw her first man, you know, and she has it. There's, she, she realized she, she first realized she had God powers because she just knocked her aunt on her bum. Right. And plus a few other Amazons just in, and that that's what I think is really cool from a storytelling point of view is her first act as a a demigod I guess is what she is because she's you know the we end up later on learn that she's a daughter of Zeus Mm -hmm. is is a defensive move you know that that iconic you know cross the the wrists and and so she she harnesses her power in the deflection not in in antagonistic type of move she she had a very aerial little mermaid moment you know bringing the guy out of the water and then like looking at his face and like kind of moving his hair. And I was like, Ooh, well, and, and, and that's, that's the second movie that Patty Jenkins lists as one of her inspirations. And I believe that was a direct homage diving in, saving and having your, Oh, you're a man <laughs> moment. So they, and they, they, yeah, they described her as a fish out of water. So you can see, you know, how, yeah. And, and, she played it so well, you know, like of not really understanding like, oh, you're a man. Oh, I'm a demigod or like there's something going on with these things on my arms. Oh, there's a war. There's a fight. What's happening? 
I'm supposed to do something. Like it was this whole like just transgression of stuff. And I was like, oh, stuff's happening now. And she goes through this whole moment on Themyscira where she's just very confused, like trying to figure stuff out. And that kind of leads me into sort of my, I don't know if it's my second favorite thing, but it, I had a, my second favorite moment as Steve Trevor's getting out of like the weird light up bath. <laughs> and she walks in and she's like completely unfazed by the fact that he's naked. She's just like, okay. And then the only reason she gets awkward is because he gets awkward. Yes. And then she's like, what's that? And he looks down and she's like talking about his watch. <laughs> Why do you need that? What is that for? Not only was Gal Gadot amazing, Chris Pine was amazing because he had to he had to make it work. He ha- he had to sell, you know. Later on, when they say, you know, do you believe this stuff about you know Charlie asks when they're all riding towards you know Ares and their battle that and he actually sells it to you that he does believe everything. Obviously, we know he's been there, but. Like his facial expressions, especially when he's getting the lasso of truth. Mm, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm a spy." <laughs> it's like it's like there's you know he has to let you know that there's pain, but there's no like whipping, there's no being punched. You know, usually, when you get a spy to fess up, you're doing something. Like I think mm-hmm, of uh, yeah, I think you know James Bond getting his you know balls knocked with a a rope or whatever that oh, you know yeah you know but in this case he's literally just resisting telling the truth because this thing's on him and he's like and he's like it burns <laughs> It's so hot. <laughs> Which makes it even better when he, later on when she's like, you know, she's already called him a liar. So he, he wraps it around he, his wrist. Oh, yeah. He takes it and he puts it on. He's like, he's like, how do I know you're telling the truth? And he puts the lasso around his, his hand. We're all going to die. His wrist and, yeah. And he's like, this was such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So he. Okay. So he, he was a great part of this movie he played this character so well in my opinion and he balanced her and I think I read this article in the Mary Sue about how this movie shows that there can be equality between men and women on screen at the same time absolutely and he knows when he knows what he can do and he knows what she can do and which the Force Awakens does really well too. There's never a moment, you know. There's they had that moment when Finn's gonna go try to run and save Ray when he first sees her, and I think that's more about well, it's just a person getting you know the crap knocked out of him. Uh, but you can interpret that very much. He's going to save the girl, and then he's like, oh yeah, she doesn't need my help. And mm-hmm. after that moment, it's never an issue. <laughs> Well, and that's such a strong, it's such a strong scene, though, because, especially in The Force Awakens, because it does set up that whole strong female thing. Mm -hmm. And I love that scene because of that. If you compare his role to what Lois Lane gets to do in Man of Steel, Lois Lane is literally, I know, she's a plot device. So even... In times when she could do things that work within her capability, they have like the the hologram or whatever. I can't even remember anymore because I tried not to watch it. Tell her what to do. So, yeah. So, I can't. Okay. So, see, mm, 
This but, is one of my biggest problems with Man of Steel. She had this moment at the beginning of Man of Steel where she could have transcended that and she could have been yes. something else so much better, the, like of, of Steve Trevor of that movie. And then it was like, oh, I'm a girl. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. Yeah. Go away. Especially compared to Lois Lane in the first Superman. That's where you're like, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how I really feel. Uh, yeah, no, Steve Trevor was really great. Okay, so what's one of your favorite? Oh, I, oh my gosh. There there were probably the whole way they, well, No Man's Land, but the whole way they worked up yeah. to it, which is essentially showing all the horrors of war through her eyes from the general saying, well, that's just what soldiers do. They die. And her, you know, just getting righteous on him, which was kind of fabulous. You're a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) Generals fight, you know, generals fight by their soldiers, you know, and she has that, that moment of obviously seeing what happens to her aunt. I still, you know, I'm not convinced. A lot of people are like, oh there really was no emotion when after the battle and you know they didn't they didn't like relish in that or show any after effect one still not sure she's dead actually and no i don't think she's dead and two you just don't get to cry in war and i don't know why you'd show women taking a moment to cry when men don't get to either in any war movie they just get on with it Mm -hmm. so but yeah, so the whole buildup, everything that happens, the framing of how they're going through this moment, she's meeting all, she's not only meeting, uh, seeing people, you know, the whores, people with limbs chopped off and sick, in all those shots, you see women that were participating or affected by the war, you see villagers, mothers, children, nurses, uh, nuns, you know, there were a lot, there, despite the you know what we see a lot in film is that these, especially World War One, World War Two, were men's wars. There were always women. There always had to be women. They were either in the factory, they're either or getting in victims of skirmishes and stuff like that, and or they were tending to to the men. So, and there were even women who were spies. So, my grandmother was mm-hmm. actually a a, a women <gasps> women's royal my air force was a spy no she was not a spy she was a member of the women's royal air force so she protected london uh should there have ever been one of those horrible poison planes that steve trevor stopped wait in world war one or two two actually she was not one but i like that they use world war one because we don't know a lot about that war that's yeah the- not a lot of people talk about world war one and you knew it was world war one even though it, it was it was slightly confusing. I mean, you really have to know your time periods if you're looking at clothes, for example, because that's how you can really tell. Yep. But but you could definitely tell if you were paying attention to the clothes. But I know a lot of people are paying attention to who they're talking about, and they just mentioned the Germans, which makes it hard because the Germans were bad in both world wars. It's like they were never on the good side. So that makes it difficult. But one of the key ways that you know that it's not World War II is if they never say the word Hitler. Yes, you're good because he was fighting in world war one as a private. Yes. He was a very young, but you know, it's good. But it brings it back to the, to our consciousness because most of the, you know, we, the, most of the people who fought in world war two are either gone or 
you know, very, very old and not there to tell stories. But people from World War One, definitely, there's not a lot of, um, you know, memory for that. There's people only who just know about it. So it was good to see it. And that really was the first war where people were just, and they showed it in the movie, just victims of, you know, these machines of war that the gods of gods of actually ended up just using to hurl at each other at the end in the big in the big battle you would just throw bombs at each other throw bullets mm-hmm. at each other uh stuff like that but you know that way and then obviously they they you know the the mask that dr poison wears and i saw a lot of people writing out oh that was really cool just that she wore that and i'm like that those literally made there were people who wore masks just like that because parts of their face were blown off. Those were really something in post World War One era, and even yeah, those during... aren't that wasn't just like a costume device. It was exactly actual. yeah, that's like like really something that that people wore that they made that they fashioned. So it was like wow, that's really kind of you know remind. It also says something about her character too, which she lose part of her face because she like doing her poison stuff so much mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny because you said doctor and then it took you a minute to say poison in my brain i was like afro i'm like <laughs> not right <laughs> everything goes back to star wars I tell dr you maru maru Dr. And, maru and i didn't know until i read somewhere that she was from spain that was where mm-hmm. her character is from and they was cool too because they you know they said it in um, you know, we got to see some different parts of the war and it really was, you know, that war extended across all of Europe. So yes, to see and that, that was one way they got more diversity in the movie too. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, okay. So we have to talk about this one scene because I know this is something that, that probably got the most laughs at every screening and it's still, it's happening right now. Like as we speak, the scene where they're on the boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so on the boat, there's this whole discussion about, you know, he's trying to, he says she should get some sleep and he's positioning himself on a different part of the boat. And she's not really understanding why he's doing that. And she's like, so you're not going to sleep with me. And he's like, um, no, you know, like I'm going to sleep over here. And it it becomes this conversation. And she's like, she's like, okay, well, I mean, there's tons of room. I mean, do whatever you want, but like, you know, whatever. This is this super hilarious exchange. And I'll tell you why for me, because for me, you can tell that her head is not in the place of thinking about sex and pleasure and stuff. She's just thinking about sleeping, you know, just like we're tired, she sleep, get some rest, be ready to go. She's like in go mode of like go kill Aries. So she's not even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And then the guy is like, um, well, and trying to be he's trying to be super proper and he's trying to be polite and all of that stuff. But like he's still operating under the brain of like you don't sleep with like sleeping with women <laughs> and like having sex with women kind of, you know, and I just think it was just great. And like I love that whole scene. And then, of course, it goes into where she's talking about, well, you're talking about pleasure 
and she's like, I read all 12 volumes of <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And you can see him go, oh, well, did you bring any of that? She's like, you would not like them. <laughs> and you know what makes that scene even better? Is apparently it was ad-libbed. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Okay, so she says she would not like them. And he says, why? And she, she comes up with this story about how in the books they discover that, like, while men are needed for reproduction and blah, 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 they're not needed for pleasure. And my theater erupted through this whole entire exchange. And I told you that I had an experience in my screening. Yes. With some women. So there's these two girls sitting on the side of me. They're younger than me. And, like, when I see a movie, I try to be very, like, conscientious of other people's movie-watching experience and to not be too loud or outlandish or whatever. Sometimes I can't help it. But I was doing pretty good. But these girls started reacting to all different parts of the movie. And then we get to that scene. And their reaction is just so out loud, like they're not going to hold it back, that it changed my movie watching experience for me because I just said, oh, well, screw it. I'm just going to get <laughs> into it. And I did for the rest of the movie. I was just enjoying it and my reactions, if I had any verbally, they were out loud, you know, and it, it slowly started to grow. It's like people started hearing them and then me and then more people. And it suddenly became a thing where the entire theater was reacting out loud. I love but that. it's like people were like afraid to, and then one person starts and it's like a chain effect. And it was just so awesome. Well, do you think that's maybe a little bit why the, when they talked about well, they've had them now, the screen, all women screenings in a way that might've been, obviously there's were women reacting right to the, yep. That perhaps that's why that would be, you know, because then you would, maybe if you reacted in your woman and sometimes when you react to positively to things that might be perceived as, you know, a little pro-woman, uh, something like her saying what she did, which is we don't need men, just maybe mm -hmm. that, that you might not feel, you know, it might be like, well, if I'm laughing in a bunch of women, nobody's going to care, right? Because they're mm -hmm. all going to laugh with me. They're all laughing. But if I laugh in a room where I don't know everybody they may be like oh she's laughing at that yeah well and so okay so let's talk about the women's only screenings for a minute I know there was a lot of dissension in different sectors of the you know people fandom whatever in regards to the women's only screenings I obviously didn't have a problem with it I thought it was great I know you didn't have a problem with it you mm -hmm. thought they were a great idea there are some people that have thought that like well this might be going backwards because we're fighting for equality but now we're creating women's only screenings in my opinion and you can feel free to have your own opinion but this is why I don't agree with that and why I don't think that it's moving backwards it's not moving backwards to give women a safe place where they feel comfortable to watch a movie enjoy a movie and then be able to react in their own way and have an understanding with the entire group that they are watching it with to be able to laugh at parts, cry at parts, scream and yell and get excited at parts that would probably not occur in a screening with both genders. And even in, I can even tell you, I went and saw this movie with my mom. Now, I was not with my husband, and I can tell you that I would have reacted differently had he been sitting next to me 
because of how I know he likes his movie experience to be and because how I know like not that I'm a different person when I'm around him but I am to an extent that I try to cater a little bit more to to him and making sure that he is comfortable and that's just natural when you're in a relationship and so when I went and saw this without him I was able to just be full me which is great. And it was a wonderful experience to be able to to do that. And he was super supportive of the women's only screenings and saying that he thought it was a really good idea and didn't really know why I wasn't going. And it was mainly because it sold out before I got a chance to, you know, really think about going. But it was just like having his support is great, but I, I can see how I would react different. You know? <laughs> exactly. You probably haven't even had a chance to see the Black Panther trailer no just, i haven't it just came out today which is really awesome and it's gonna have snoke and maz in it but they're not really... <laughs> <laughs> i just realized that while i was watching it i'm like hey, yeah so when you see that and you think about it i would would never in a million years someone said the that black community wanted to have a screening together i think there will probably that will be there'll be humor in there that's pointed at the, the oppression they live to. And if they want to celebrate it together and laugh at it, I would definitely want them to be able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, there should be when black Panther comes out, if they want to have, you know, minority only screenings or African American only screenings, then go for it because it's, there'll be, feel safe and it's a shame that we're living in a day and age where that's something that we need to do for each other for solidarity but I mean look at the world around us right now as much as fandom has made progressions and geek fandom specifically to be equal and all of that stuff and we really have like we've made a lot of a lot of progress and but that's like isolated from the rest of the world. Yeah, geek fandom is like we're in a bubble, you know. And and yes, we're doing all of this amazing stuff. And the female fan community has a huge supportive base of men. We know that from fangirls going rogue yep. for a fact. We know that. It doesn't change the narrative that is happening in our real world because of real people that are causing influence, that are encouraging racism and sexism and ageism and all kinds of stuff, including down to how much money you make. It's happening. And we're going backwards in our real life history to a time that I'm I'm honestly feeling like we're we're like a whole new civil rights movement is happening. Yeah. You know, or is on the brink of happening. Well, and we can't we can't ignore that. Exactly. And I, you know, I gathered a group of women, there were nine of us, but at, in my work, and you I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time and you know how vocal I am about stuff. I have been doing my job and felt like, you know, things were do, going really great and then in the last year with the rhetoric that's been public I've had men who are openly hostile to me at work attacking me in meetings so if I want to go to a one place where I feel like that's not going to happen I that's what I sort of created by inviting people to go I didn't have the opportunity to go to it but I created a safe space by inviting people so 
you know, that's why I think it's really cool because if there's one place, right, there's, we can't, mm-hmm. and we can't in the world say I can go anywhere and feel safe because th- that's never true. I can never walk to a car alone at night and feel safe. I can't Mm-mm. even walk during the daytime and necessarily Mm-mm. feel safe as a woman. I can't go anywhere in my life. I can't even go online. We can't do that ever and just feel assured safe. So to have a moment where you could just go sit and take two hours and just be like, okay, I can just laugh at the insanity of essentially being a woman and want to be wanting to be a hero, which is what the whole movie was about. And just for those couple hours just be like, okay, I'm safe. I can let all my barriers down. I'm going to be a vulnerable human being, which we don't necessarily get to do. I mean, you know that you, we always have to be, you always have to think about what you say. We always think about Mm -hmm. what you do, especially when you're a a girl in geekdom. It's just, it's just the reality of our life. Yeah. You know, and like women in, in, in geek, in geekdom and you know, fandom in general, like we don't have the same luxuries that men do to be able to just kind of say whatever and then apologize later. Nope. Like if we, if we step out of turn and we say something on accident, that wasn't exactly what we meant or whatever, when we realize it and try to make amends for it, like it's not, that, that doesn't happen. Mm-mm. It just doesn't. And that's just it. Um, unfortunately, that's the world we live in that we have to do that. And, I completely understand all the people that are like, you know, I don't want everything to always be about gender or to be about this or to be about that. And like, why can't we just enjoy Neither do we. For what it is? <laughs> no, we don't either. We don't either. But the problem is that it is and it just is that way. Yep. And that's what we're hoping to get to. But by having a women's only screening, that doesn't mean that we're going Backwards. It just means that we would like to have a safe place because if I want to laugh about a woman talking about the not needing a man for pleasure and not being looked at like a slut for thinking that I should be able to do that. Yeah. And you know, (laughs) I'm just saying, I think some people think that if they, if you say that, then the implication is that if you think that every guy is a bad guy and that's not true, it's just that you just never know I mean, that's what you, you know, you learn, you come to accept that you can never assume that some stranger, which is what you're in a movie theater is going to um, not be that in that position. But that also, I mean, even boils down to the discussion around having a female director or having a female led movie is the presumption is always that, well, if it doesn't go well, then you know, there's a negative applied to, you can't even get a, you can't get even get away from the movie without talking about the fact that just, you know, even Patty Jenkins had to sit down at every decision, decision she made. She had to go, well, if I make the wrong decision, let's say I made the wrong decision because I was a woman in the story. And so that, that is the reality that I think that the all women screenings reflect too. Right. And then, you know, the other part of it is like, I know people, there's some people who were upset because there's this love factor between her and Steve Trevor. But the thing is, is that it doesn't happen until after No Man's Land, you know, and we don't really know exactly what it is that goes down. But we know that they they have a mutual attraction to each other and they care about each other. And here's the thing for me, though, that's a natural part of a woman's life. 
any woman. Mm -hmm. It's a natural part of their life. And to say that she as a superhero cannot have those things and cannot feel those things and that those things don't give us power is just ridiculous. And I, from personal experience, I can say that the love I have for my family and my friends and for my husband gives me strength and power every single day. And, and was, I wouldn't be who I am without movie, it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but why I, I are know people it, upset about it? I know why? what happened. He he had to he had to prove that book those twelve volumes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know he was up to that challenge. <laughs> I mean that was that was the subtext of all that. But <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and and he, I mean the boat scene establishes that he has that he may be a liar he's like Han Solo except he you know he's a scoundrel but Mm -hmm. that's why he's a spy but he's still a good guy and he still has certain notions and so he wasn't going to cross them uh until he was invited across the lines and I certainly wouldn't I would at that point I don't think he would presume to do anything that he wasn't Mm -mm. invited to (laughs) I'm just saying no exactly (laughs) she just smashed through a a clock tower. All right. <laughs> but that was also a really cool thing that he did, too. He took note of some of the things that they did in the battle on Themyscira and mm-hmm. that the, the warriors, the, the Amazonians did together. And he actually used that as a as a tactic. And she just knew exactly what to do. And I was like, wow, that's good. Way to go. Well, and I haven't. OK, I, so I haven't seen any talk anywhere where we remember with the Ray, Ray's how could she do all the things she does, right? Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen any of that on for this movie. But she does some pretty crazy, wacky things that are like, wow, she just on the first try figured out how to fight the god of war who's been at this a while. But I haven't seen that conversation. No, so, I haven't seen that either. So I don't know. Did did Ray pave the way? Is it different because we saw more setup before what she does? I think it's probably because we saw her going through all that training and stuff. Like maybe people wouldn't have said that about Ray had we she trained with Luke prior to or something. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's I I, I was I was like trying to keep an eye out of like how do people react and you know there's definitely there's differences in the movie but I felt like they didn't really see that reaction like oh gosh she couldn't do that because we haven't seen it it was just like oh okay she does some really cool stuff that was almost a George Lucas that you just did there it was like right on the verge of a George Lucas impression (laughs) I'm not gonna try again (laughs) (laughs) so do you have any other favorite moments um, no man's land for sure. Yeah. Uh, Did you cry? Cause I, I mean, I cried like probably eight times in the movie, but that one was really kind of like, whew, okay. I didn't cry at all during the movie, which is weird. I, I was just very enthralled by it, but I didn't cry at all, but I, I like, I did get emotional, but I didn't cry. Um, that was just the scene of like I just wanted to see her like go all out and be all crazy BA and we got to see that and that was really neat but for me the one time the most emotional I got in the whole movie 
is when we find out who actually is Ares. Because I was like, no, and you won't understand this because you haven't no Harry Potter in your life. But <laughs> it was it's Remus Lupin who's Aries. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was so hard for me. I couldn't handle it. Don't, well, they really you know, there, couldn't. Were, there were some people who really didn't like that that became the truth. But I because was... it's Remus Lupin. Well, yeah, but I think people w- liked the the notion that she was wholly foreign from clay and just the thing in the Amazons and the gift from Zeus. But that was all the uh, that was the lie. Her mama was like Obi Wan Kenobi, telling <laughs> telling her fibs about who she was, so she wouldn't know that she was the God Killer, and all that crafty conversation about the God Killer. And she's looking at the weapon, and she's like, Yeah, no kid it's you um but that it ends up being an interesting parallel because apparently her dad died of course then again we never know maybe the god of truth as he calls himself is a liar too but (laughs) will yet to be seen but that you know that there's a whole daddy issue that she didn't even know about so Mm mm-hmm yeah, but I just the character like who who the actor was it was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of hard. I never me. felt from the moment I saw him that he was a good guy, so it wasn't quite on to the to the whole thing the first time. A lot of people talked about in the re- reviews that the the villains they talked about you know the obvious two that. They didn't feel as developed enough, but they didn't need to be developed because the whole story was you were supposed to see Ares. So mm-hmm. they were developing them just in a different way. The bad guy, the villain, whatever. But I I actually loved that there was romance in a superhero yes, movie. And that... I did too. You know, because a lot of times people say, oh, yeah, this is such a feminist movie. It didn't. The female lead didn't have any romance. I'm like, well... I, that's not my test. I like romance, but I also like it not. But the the ultimate thing about stories with female characters is if you have enough of them, some of them can have romances and some of them cannot have romances. And then you could show all types of women having all different states of relationships or not relationships. Right. That would be ideal. <laughs> and I really like the lady that was the secretary, but I don't feel like she got enough time. Yeah, because they just didn't spend enough time and, I mean, they lingered on London for a while just to set up what was going on. But hopefully we'll get to see Etta Candy have her own movie. <laughs> I like when she took this, the weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ooh, we, well, maybe if we use our principles, we'll get to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that she's, the, that line, and I know it was in the trailer, but I still enjoyed seeing it where she was like, Although I won't object to a little bit of fisticuffs if it comes to it. <laughs> <laughs> she was really, really, really good. And I liked all the side characters, too. So, let's see. Samir, who was... My favorite scene with him was when they got into the to the ball, to the gala, when he talks his way, <laughs> way in as the driver. He's like, ooh, let me be the driver. Oh, and when the chief drives up and he's like, 
how'd you get a car? He's like, there's a whole bunch of them over there. <laughs> it's very, like, matter of fact. Like, eh. <laughs> I also like when she asks him about who took away his land, and he says, his people. Yeah, I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so true. Well, because and- I'm I'm part Native American, so I was just like, we don't really, you and I don't really dive into music too, too much, but I can definitely say that I did like the music, but I freaking love that electric guitar theme for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so awesome. And I wanted more of it. And I know they couldn't use it all the time, but like, I really wanted more of it. I like the Sia song too, but I think that now Sia has become the go-to for any Power Woman movie song. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm going to go and see it again and again and again. So mm-hmm. it will become Titanic. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I'm going to try to get out to see it. But my next movie is Cars 3 because that comes out next week. And that I'm soon? Oh, I'm so, yes. It's Friday, June 16th. I am so excited. Okay, so final like wrap-up thoughts. Like if, if somebody was considering going but they weren't sure, what would you tell them? Oh, you have to go. I mean, the the... The nitpicking at the end is just, like, nitpicking. It did, certainly didn't make it like, oh, I wouldn't recommend this movie. I, I like the movie. I think it's fun. It's got humor. It's got romance. It's got things blowing up and going bang. It's got all the things that are good for a popcorn movie and for a little bit of maybe a reina- reawakening. And thinking about life and the way people experience things. So definitely go to it and I have to say that after watching it I wasn't into the romper from her universe hot topic but now I want it so bad (laughs) now I want to be an Amazon and have the romper (laughs) I want the romper I you know this movie sort of helped me but the problem is is that the and thank you for bringing that up the Wonder Woman collection from her universe has been out for a little while and it was out before the movie came out and unfortunately many of the pieces are completely sold out Mm -hmm. we have heard from we have heard from Hot Topic and there are a few items we don't know which ones yet they don't know either at this point that will be restocked in the fall but we don't know what that is but there's very little available but the romper is still available in all sizes so at the very least you can get that so make sure that you if you pick something up oh you shouldn't have told me that why well, because that's the one I didn't get, and I was like, oh, it's got to be sold out by now. So. It's not. It's not. I've been checking because I've been trying to figure out what I what I can get now that everything's sold out because I never got the ombre skirt, mm-hmm. and I never got – well, I didn't buy anything, and so now things are, like, all sold out, and there are two things I think I want after watching the movie and saying, okay, if I got a couple things, what are they? If the ombre skirt ever shows back up, I want that, but I want the romper and the – the moto jacket those are the two things now after watching the movie that i would really like to have moto jacket and the romper well i can tell you that if you get the reversible wonder woman dress Mm -hmm. and top it with the moto jacket you will be assured of at least four shout outs from random people in the mall as you're walking to the movie 
<laughs> nice. Well, my my store, my Hot Topic at the mall does have the reversible dress. And last I checked, they had the reversible dress in my size. The moto jacket they don't have. And so I'm going to have to see where I can, if I there's a place I can get that. But speaking of other places that also have Wonder Woman inspired stuff, uh, Jamberry Nail Wraps, which you'll have to have a Jamberry Wrap if you need somebody for a rep, I have a friend who is my rep. She, that's who I buy all my jamberry from. They have a complete Wonder Woman line of different jams for your fingernails, and they have some kids ones. So that's cool. And then Alex and Ani released a set of bangles and a necklace, I believe, that are inspired by Wonder Woman, and they're actually very pretty. I just want the full-on tiara. <laughs> right, that thing. I know they have one. They have one for kids. You can buy that. I know, but they don't have one. I just want them to make a Wonder Woman tiara for women that I can put on when I go to work meetings. And I'm like, I know this is not going to be a good day for me. So mm-hmm. just going to like whip out the tiara and be like, okay, what was that you said? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you. My tiara wasn't on. <laughs> so join join the, what do we call it? Uh, trend? No, trend's not the right word. Some whatever the word is for it's sweeping the nation. Join it and go see the movie and just have a good time. And you know, usually we struggle on the show with what we're gonna go out on. You know, as far as like a phrase or something. So let's give our plugs of places people can find us, and then I think we should just go out on that electric guitar theme. Sounds good to me. So if you want to interact with us more, Fangirl Chat, for those of you that are new, is sort of a subset show of our main show, which is which is a Star Wars-based show called, called Fangirls Going Rogue. So you can email Fangirl Chat by emailing contact at fangirlsgoingrogue.com. If you want to interact with the show, we don't have a direct Twitter, so you can interact with Trisha at Fangirl Cantina and with me, I am at Ice Cold Penguin on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same for both of us. And if you like this particular show and you want us to do more, we we do as much as we can. We have very busy schedules and, and we know we haven't had an episode out in a while, but there's we usually wait. We wait for good stuff like this to come out so expect one about cars just saying we better get on it then yeah you better get on it (laughs) that was was like my my warning ding 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 (laughs) that better get on it about cars uh then just you know send us an email let us know or tweet at us or whatever and let us know that you want to you want to hear um us do certain shows maybe there's a tv show or a movie or something that you would like us to watch we're not opposed to people suggesting things too that we should check out that we haven't yet so not at all let us know. So thanks for listening, and we'll cue the guitar theme. <laughs>